I'll be reading from Acts 17, verses 22 through 31. That can be found on page 985 of your pew Bibles. Then Paul stood in the midst of the Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are very religious. For as I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, To the unknown God. Therefore the one whom you worship without knowing him I proclaim to you, God who has made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heavens and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, since he gives to all life, breath, and all things. And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth, and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings, so that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they may grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As also some of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. Therefore, since we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, something shaped by the art of man's devisings. Truly, these things of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent, because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. Can you imagine walking into Athens in the first century? It was a wonder to behold. It was an amazing piece of art, living, walking through it. The spectacular temples that had been built for idol after idol. The idols themselves were carved out of precious metals and were beautiful to behold. People would take long trips just to be able to pass through Athens. And what would Paul say about it? You know that there are entire books written from that time period just about Athens? What it looked like. The amazing beauty it was to behold. As a matter of fact, there have even been volumes of books written. It kind of reminds me of just the other day I received an email from Lacey She's doing a study abroad in Europe. And on this particular day, I received an email that was probably about six sentences long. And I think every one of them ended with an exclamation point. So you could kind of tell how her last few days had been when she corresponded. And, and she named uh, Rome and Paris. And she was like, this is so great. I love it. And she named Athens. And she said, Dad, you have to see Athens. And Mom has to see Rome. And then she said, and we went through art galleries, exclamation point. And she said, and I loved it. Who knew that I loved art? I would imagine that that's how people today, but especially back in the first century, 
How many people probably passed through Athens and, and once they were there, found themselves saying, I didn't realize how much I love to look at beautiful structures. I didn't realize how much I love this art. Except Paul. Paul didn't say one good thing about it. Instead, we read the paragraph that was setting up the text for this morning. And look at verse 16. Now when Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was provoked within him when he saw that the city was given over to idols. Therefore he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and with the Gentile worshipers and in the marketplaces daily with those who happened to be there. Why didn't Paul like it? It didn't matter what was there. The reason Paul didn't like it was because of what wasn't there. God wasn't there. And so when he has the opportunity to stand on Mars Hill and preach, he looks over to that one temple that had that one statue that had that that one plaque on it. And that plaque simply said, to the unknown God. And he said... I want to tell you some things about your unknown God. You've just heard the sermon. It was just read. The first thing he said was, I want you to know that he made you. He's the creator. You see, they're used to gods that they create. They made their gods. They built their gods' houses. And he says, I want to introduce you to the one that you didn't make. He made you. And I also want you to know this. He's not far from you. He wants to be found. They could look at creation and see that a God, an all-powerful God exists. But now an apostle, speaking with the power of the Holy Spirit, is saying to them, not only does He exist, He's coming near you. I'm bringing you His Word right now. You and I look and and read articles and do research about our DNA structure and that's actually converting some atheists to Christianity because it's too much to ignore. There has to be a God. We look at a sunset. There has to be a God. But friends, this morning I want you to see this. It's not only evidence that there is a God, but God has given us a word. He wants us to be close to Him. It's not enough for us to just say, I acknowledge there's a God. God wants us to know Him. Get into His Word and see Him. This book isn't just a book of intellect. This isn't a book that that we just get together as a religious group of people and if you know it, you get a check by your name. This is the Word of God. And He's coming again. Jesus is coming again. As a matter of fact, that was the motive that Paul gave to say you ought to repent. Because the the time of this ignorance that he winked at, it's over. Think how strong that word is. Ignorance. Lack of knowledge. Lack of learning. Lack of understanding. Ignorance. Its root also bears another word that we're familiar with. Ignore. This morning, are you ignorant of God's word? Because you ignore Him? All service long, we've seen what Jesus has done for us. 
And there's so much more that's recorded right here. And if I'm ignorant of God, I'm ignorant in the only thing that matters. You see, there's proof that all of this is real. And in the last of this sermon, he said, the assurance is in the resurrected Lord. Jesus came to this earth. The proof is all around us, secularly and biblically. He died. The proof is all around. And He rose again. And there's only one who has power over the grave. That one extended an invitation on one day and he said in Matthew the 11th chapter and 28, he said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke, and now notice this, and learn from me. Have we done that? For I am gentle and lowly in heart and you'll find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. This morning. Do you know God? Do you know Jesus in such a close, intimate, personal way that He leads and affects every movement of your day? Are you separated from God? The good news is, He'll forgive us. He'll invite us home. If you are home, the good news is, We're right where we belong. This morning, if you've never been baptized into Christ for the remission of your sins, are you a believer willing to repent? Please do that this morning. Maybe you've done that and something separated you. Your sin has separated you from God. Come back to Him. Confess your faults one to another. And let's pray one for another. Ignorance in some areas of life is embarrassing and unproductive. But in our spiritual lives, it's a price we can't afford to pay. If we can help you in any way, come as we stand and as we sing.